Well, welcome to the JD Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the uh, practice lead for travel at JD Power, and I'm joined as always by Andrea Stokes, who's the practice lead for hospitality. Hello, Andrea. Hello. And Jenny Korn, who's our senior director of consumer insights at JD Power. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Well, I thought I'd start off this podcast with, you know, relatively good news. Um, uh, as I always tell uh, the clients when I uh, show up to these types of meetings, it's, the meeting goes so much easier when you bring a trophy with you. And uh, that's what I did last week, uh, uh, handing out a trophy to uh, Delta Airlines, who won our North American Airlines Satisfaction Study for 2021. Of course, all winners have a lot of great things going for them, but uh, Delta over the last four or five years has really been ramping up their people skills, uh, the ability to handle people's issues and give uh, outstanding customer service both on the ground and in the air. And that really helped them uh, you know, just edge out Southwest Airlines, which has been a multiple past winner of our airline study. So congratulations to Delta Airlines, number one in customer satisfaction in North America, uh, as ranked by J.D. Power. So, And with that, I thought we'd uh, transition into, uh, I think, a really interesting and hot topic these days, which is, um, you know, uh, masks. Who's going to wear a mask and who's not going to wear a mask? And Andrea, as I understand, there's quite a bit of controversy as to who's going to wear a mask at a, uh, at a hotel and who's not. So, Andrea, what, what's going on there? Yes, well, um, it looks like Marriott, Hyatt, and IHG just announced that they will not require guests to wear masks at the hotels they manage. Uh, employees will still be required to wear masks, um, but it looks like guests guests will not have that requirement if they are vaccinated. Uh, but but they're not really checking to see if guests are vaccinated or not, and they're not asking for any sort of proof of vaccination. So, so it's you can really just, on the honor system. You can just walk in and say, hey, I've, I've been vaccinated. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course, that that doesn't preclude any sort of local or state mandates. There are, there are still a lot of states and localities, right, that still have mask mandates in place. So hotels uh, will have to abide by those mandates. Um, but I, I suppose if if your area or state doesn't have that mandate anymore, um, guess if you're a hotel guest, you won't have to wear a mask in the hotel. In the well, I can tell you that in our in our passenger view product, you know, which is a, a cell phone survey, very short survey, is given to folks who are on the airport, and we get thousands and thousands of responses from major airports uh, every week. Uh, one particular airport on the East Coast, which shall remain nameless to protect the innocent. Um, you know, two weeks ago, they had they were reporting that at least the numbers we got were that, uh, you know, 50 percent of people were saying, yes, I'm fully vaccinated. I either had the one shot that uh, where you only need one dose or I've had both of the other. Uh, and that was two weeks ago. And just this past week, that number jumped to 80 percent, which seems to be quite a leap. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how uh, honest people are being about uh, actually being vaccinated, you know, a jump of 30 percent at a particular locality seems like in one week seems like a lot of people. Yes. Well, and, and it's interesting because I think the CDC is, is looking at these state numbers and the numbers that states are reporting um, to, to kind of look at the decisions, right. That they're making around mask requirements um, and that kind of thing. So 
it's it's ever changing. It seems like it's you know things have been moving rapidly. Um, I, I think we just have to kind of constantly watch what uh, requ- requirements um, the CDC might you know waive uh, for for you know travel. I, I do, from my understanding, I think. Uh, you know, airlines and airports, publics, you know, public transportation, you still have to wear a mask um, as of now. But but I do envision this, you know, could rapidly change, you know, how how things have changed so quickly, even from April to May. And if you think about, you know, even from the month of June to July, how fast things may change in terms of the numbers of Americans getting vaccinated. So it's, it's good news overall. Um, I think, um, you know, we all need some relief. <laughs> yeah. So I can say that the, the airlines in the, over the last seven or eight months have each banned, you know, over 125 people, uh, for each of the major airlines for not wearing masks, for refusing to wear masks. And, um, you know, I, I think that's actually a good thing that, you know, they need to enforce it simply because, you know, and I know there's some controversy of whether you should wear a mask or not wear a mask and whether it's really effective or not. Uh, however, if there's a policy in place, uh, it ought to be enforced because you're probably going to annoy, you know, the handful of people that you're going to ban from traveling on your airline. But the 99% of people are in the cabin are probably grateful that you're doing so. Um, and wearing a mask doesn't seem to be too much of a burden at the moment. So, and I've, when we were traveling this past week, you know, it was of course required um, on the airline itself and in the airport itself as well. I think, I think all of the uncertainty though is definitely an opportunity uh, for hoteliers and everybody to communicate different rules prior to for guests, right? Um, Because we don't know the rules of every place we may be going or traveling and like local ordinances, state ordinances, right? Every state's a little bit different right now. And it all depends on caseload and and vaccine dosages provided and all of those things. Um, It it seems important for hoteliers and everybody to to notify guests ahead of time to, to really ensure that they know what to do and what to have with them and how to be prepared. Yeah, in, in speaking with our airline subscribers to the airline study when the results came out, you know, this topic got brought up, you know, was brought up um, by the airlines. And our advice to them, the JD Power advice, was is to just as you said, Jenny, have a policy that's clearly communicated, as simple and easy to follow, and then don't make any exceptions to it. You know, which sounds very, um, oh, Martinet, um, but really, in in this case, you just have to do it. And the advice we were also giving the airlines is that don't expect things to go smoothly. You know, there's going to be people saying, hey, I'm from Texas. We don't have to wear masks. Well, you're in Virginia right now and you do. Um, So there has to be very, very, very clear ground rules, uh, you know, to to enforce. And they will change from state to state, obviously. So anyway, we're in that friction time, again, where certain people's expectations are not going to be the same as others. And we're mixing the fearful with the fearless. Uh, in the travel space, and it just won't be pretty for a little while. So anyway, moving on to another topic that that is also COVID-related is labor shortage. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll be happy to chat about later on uh, after we give Jenny and, uh, and Andrea a chance to talk about it. But uh, labor shortages are a very real thing in the short term. So, uh, Jenny, what, 
what is going on with labor in the travel industry? Well, I, I think um, there's a lot of things that are happening that are making that are causing a labor shortage. As you mentioned, right, traveler and passenger volume is starting to increase. Right, we're seeing people get back traveling, especially you know I think a lot of people were waiting to be fully vaccinated, and now that they are, they're ready to go and. Um, you know, and other people are just following suit, regardless of their vaccination status, they must feel they're feeling safer and, and ready to get out there and things are opening up and people are ready to go. Um, but there's also, you know, some, some limiting circumstances for the people who are in the travel industry. Um, they, a lot of time, a lot of companies had to lay people off at the beginning of all of this. And uh, some of those people are slow to come back. They may have left the industry altogether, go somewhere else. Um, there's still that $300 uh, monthly unemployment benefit uh, that some people are are staying away because of that still. You know, there's just the general income uh, opportunity right now. Um, so it's definitely something to overcome, right? And I, I think as demand increases, we would hope that there would be labor to increase to go with it. Um, but it seems like that may be a little bit uh, slower to return across the travel and hospitality space as a whole. Uh, but I'm sure Andrea has some more specifics around hospitality. Yes, Andrea, let's hear those specifics. Well, um, you know, it it's it could become a, a real problem. I mean, I think it's the summer travel season is upon us, right? And we normally have high demand you know, during this time of year, this year, I think it's compounded with, as Jenny said, you know, everyone's anxious to, to get away, especially if, you know, they've been vaccinated and, um, but it, it could become an issue for a, um, hotels, you know, keep, you know, opening up their rooms. So they're, they're, we're starting to hear about, hotels having to keep some rooms unsold because they can't service those rooms with housekeeping. Uh, they don't have enough housekeepers to, uh, you know, to clean all the rooms. And so those rooms get left unsold, which is not what hotels right need right now. Hotels need to sell every room that they can possibly sell. So there's, you know, there's a real concern there that this, this could it, you know, get worse. Um, and then there's the the customer service side of it, right? And having enough, you know, demand, if demand is, is coming back as it is, you know, those guests are going to want to, um, you know, be serviced in a certain way, especially in luxury hotels and upper upscale hotels, right? That typically have higher levels of service. So the, the guest expectation is going to be there. And if hotels are not staffed appropriately, um, it, it could affect, you know, guest satisfaction. So a couple of things, you know, that um, would, if they converge, would, would not be good, especially at this time. I can say that, uh, you know, recently I had the opportunity to speak to the folks at Orlando Airport, you know, which are barely slowed down during the entire pandemic, maybe for a month or two. Uh, but they had a job fair that they, because they are ex really, you know, their vendors are experiencing the job shortage across all the different vendors that they have, whether it's a rental car company or a food and beverage outlet, um, you know, or the folks that uh, push the wheelchairs around for po folks in wheelchair service. Um, and they had a job fair. And as the 
<laughs> as they were, the Orlando pe- people were telling me about this, I was thinking, did anybody show up? And sure enough, they did. They actually had several hundred people show up to that, which was, I thought was a very encouraging sign uh, that people were interested in getting a job at Orlando. And then on the rental car side of things, the labor shortage is affecting it in a kind of a also strange way or uh, also tied to Orlando. You know, we had these stories, I believe we had covered on the previous podcast of shortages of rental cars uh, at various locations, especially leisure destinations. And one of the reasons for that is the other rental car companies, A, reduce their stock of rental cars, but they also reduce their stock of people. And if you're repositioning a car, if you're going to drive it across town or from a city that's nearby to get to a location, say at an airport like Orlando, where people are going to be vacationing, uh, someone's got to drive the car. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they don't, they don't yet drive themselves. And that has been a real issue for the rental car companies is finding someone to actually reposition fleet when they need to. And that's led to some shortages at certain locations and increases in prices. So, um, okay, on to our next topic, um, which was, uh, you know, also a rental car company um, story recently that uh, Hertz is not quite emerging, emerging from bankruptcy, but at least they got some cash injections from some, uh, some private investors, uh, which drove their stock price up uh, by double digits. And uh, now Hertz is uh, in a position where they're worth about $7.4 billion, which just speaks to the value of the brand name there. So looks like there's some good news. Demand for cars, rental cars is up. And also there's a, some interest by private investment to invest in a very large and valuable brand like Hertz, a multiple J.D. Power Award winner, I might add. Um, and it looks like they're uh, on the path to recovery as well. Well, anyway, with that, I am, you know, and, and I'd like to thank Andrea and Jenny uh, for uh, participating in this podcast and like to thank folks for listening to the J.D. Power t- po- podcast. If you'd like to learn more about J.D. Power, you can always go to jdpower.com, click in the upper right hand corner where it says business, scroll down to travel, click on that, and you'll see all the things that we're doing and some uh, interesting reports uh, and press releases uh, across hotels, uh, airports, airlines, and rental cars at J.D. Power. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again next month.